Kathy Zaka. Hi, I'm Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your hosts today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be on cleansing your domain. And our scripture for today is from Deuteronomy 7, 25 through 26. It says, you must burn the graven images of their gods with fire. You must not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take any of it, lest you be snared by them. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. You shall not bring an abomination into your house, lest you become cursed like it. But you must absolutely detest and abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Mm, That's good scripture. Yes, it is. Yeah, so our home is our safe place. And after all the junk that we deal with on a daily basis, when we go home, we want to feel peace, right? Mm -hmm. Right. We want it to be safe. We want to feel loved. And these are all things that we can think about in the natural world. We can make sure that our doors and windows are locked to protect us from intruders. We can light some candles to bring in a calming atmosphere. We can even curl up on the couch and read a book, pull out a board game to play with the family. These are things that feel good and it helps us to feel at peace. But there is something that many of us are not aware of, and that is spiritual darkness. We can do all the natural things to protect our homes, but we also need to be aware of the spiritual things. So why is it important that we cleanse our domain? And I'm not talking about physical cleaning, right? Scrubbing the toilets or sweeping and mopping the floor. Hmm. I'm talking about cleansing our homes of demonic spirits that we bring in unknowingly most of the time. Demon spirits are always looking for a way in. They want to dwell within us. So if we allow them in, knowingly or unknowingly, then they are with us wherever we go, at home, at work, in our car, you know, wherever we are, they Mm -hmm. are. They're constantly trying to disrupt our life in a negative way. Why? Because according to John 10.10, 10, the enemy only wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going to do that anywhere, anytime. He'll find a way. He'll find yeah. a way. He will. Spiritual warfare is a reality that many people don't understand or know much about. We've, we've done episodes on it. so mm-hmm. um, And what they do know terrifies them. It's spooky. It's scary, which is what the enemy wants. He wants you to fear because fear paralyzes you. And that allows the enemy to stay which means you've given permission to him to continue to torment you. Mm-hmm. You know, Laura's going to go into great detail on many different objects or things that you can bring into your home that will bring in evil spirits, but there are many different ways an evil spirit can enter. It could be the music you listen to or a movie that you watched. And as I mentioned a minute ago, it could be you. You could be the one bringing in evil spirits or your spouse or your children or whoever you have over. Mm-hmm. Like when right. you have guests over, you, you don't always know. Right. And you don't always have control over the people who enter your home. It could be friends, repairmen, or your house cleaner that comes into your home. You just don't know where they are coming from or what they're dealing with. Right. Right. You know, that doesn't mean you need to be fearful of every person that walks into mm-hmm. your front door. But it's something to be aware of so that you can keep your home or your domain guarded. Because it's not just about protecting your home, but also your family. Right. You know, we must always be on our guard, for the enemy goes around looking for whom he may devour. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober and watch, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then Galatians 5, 19 through 23, is a great scripture that talks about our sinful nature. If we are experiencing any of these in our home, then the enemy is definitely residing there, and we are giving him free reign to do so. And it says in Galatians, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's about knowing what can take place and then learning how to put a stop to it. Mm -hmm. It's about learning the authority you have through Jesus to rebuke all those spirits right back out of your house. Yeah, that's right. If you give the devil space, he will occupy it wholeheartedly and it will destroy everything. That's his purpose. When you give the devil space, it takes the place of God, and God only wants good things for you. If the devil is after you in your house, that means there is value there. The enemy knows God has good plans for you, so the enemy will do everything he can to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. He wants to stop you from experiencing the peace that surpasses all understanding and the love and joy that God wants you to have. When there is no room for God in your life, if prayer time is a chore, if you stop going to church... If worry has replaced worship or time spent alone with God, if Bible reading is replaced by Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok scrolling, if family fights are replacing faith, then it is a clear sign that the devil has found his way into your house. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a bad person to have an enemy or evil spirits roaming freely in your house. It could be unconfessed sins, unforgiveness, anger, generational curses, bad relationships, objects, movies, the words you speak. All of these things are a way for the enemy to get into your homes, your life, your children's lives, or anyone that you love. The enemy knows what he's doing, right? It's a game. Yeah. Um, He knows your weak spots. He knows just what to whisper in your ear that will send you spiraling down a path of sin. But we need to be aware of it and then kick it out. Yes. And then deliverance is possible. And you can take back your home and your life. You can turn things around and watch how quickly God will start blessing you, your home, and your family. If we allow the devil in our homes, he will cause massive chaos and destruction. And it's our job to protect our children as much as we possibly can, especially in our home. We want to teach them how to put on the full armor of God everywhere they go so they walk in the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you should pray for your spouse or for anyone that is living in your home. It could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your niece, your nephew. Mm -hmm. Remember, it's your home and mm-hmm. you have authority over your domain. Mm-hmm. If you tell the enemy he has to go in the name of Jesus, then guess what? He has to go. Right. He sure does. Yeah. Ask yourself this question. Is there anything in my life that needs to be thrown out? Ask God to show you what's in your life or in your home that needs to be thrown out with the trash. Mm-hmm. He will guide you to it so you can cleanse it out of your out of your life. We cast out fear and replace it with faith. We cast out lust so we can experience real love. And once we have cleansed our homes... Ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and fill your home with His power, His love, His joy, His peace, and His presence. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Yeah, it is. So, does your home need prayer? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) Mine does too. It never stops. There's always a great deal of benefit in praying through a home for the purpose of consecrating it or setting it apart for the Lord. And by doing this, you may or may not encounter spiritual darkness that needs to be dealt with. Yet, there are indicators as to whether a home needs to be cleansed of spiritual darkness. Here's a list that might show symptoms of a spiritually polluted atmosphere that needs spiritual cleansing. Sudden chronic illness. 
reoccurring bad dreams and nightmares, insomnia or unusual sleepiness, behavioral problems, relational problems, continual fighting, like you said, Kathy, arguing and misinterpreted communication, lack of peace, restless, disturbed children, unexplained illnesses or bondage to sin, ghosts or apparitions, and young children are susceptible to seeing these things. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist, movement of physical objects by demons, foul, unexplainable odors, and atmospheric heaviness making it hard to breathe, or continual nausea and headaches. Have y'all ever experienced some of those things? Like yeah, yes, yeah, me too. Yep, yeah, yeah. Like I'll see things, shadows out of the corner of my eye, or mm-hmm. I feel it, or I hear something. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll hear weird right. sounds sometimes. You're like, "What is that?" And smells. It smells. Smells. I yeah. pick up on smells right away. Yeah, yeah. I've smelled and sulfur. Yes. Um, I'm trying to. Oh well, and of course I've smelled good things. Right. You know, I've From smelled roses phone. when I was in my prayer time. You know, Jesus came into the room. Yeah. So, but yeah, you can smell the demonic too. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've yeah, I've experienced insomnia or restless sleeps. Right. Absolutely. Because and of course the bad dreams. Yes. Right. My kids and me. Yes. I'm the dreamer. You know. Yeah. So I I have been attacked, but then I learned to take authority over it. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. the lack of peace. That's a good one too, because right. when you're in your own home, and if you feel mm-hmm. not at peace, that's a clear sign that the enemy is roaming freely in right. your house. What's wrong with this picture? Got to get right. it out, right? If there's just fighting and stuff and arguing and the kids are acting up, okay, mm-hmm. get it out. Yeah. You just got to yes. stop what you're doing and get it out, right? Absolutely. Right. You know, bad behavior in your kids is not just your kid's misbehaving. Right. You know it's unusual and it's like, what, right. what is going on? Why yeah. is everybody arguing? Yeah. You know, so just put right. a stop to it. Yeah. The atmosphere in your home will immediately change. Mm -hmm. Makes such a big difference. You know, when you were reading off these things, it reminded me of a woman who approached me at church when I was in my 20s. Her husband had passed away and she lived alone. And she began telling me about what she was experiencing at home. And she said she saw objects moving and she couldn't sleep because she was in so much fear. And I was young. I mean, and I was inexperienced. I didn't know about this kind of stuff. I mean, just just, just stuff you hear about in the movies, right? Yeah, right. So I didn't even know what to say to her. But, you know, if she approached me today, I would know exactly what to say. And I would tell her, you know, she needs to stand in the authority of Jesus Christ and command those evil spirits to leave her home. Well, I wonder if she even knew, like, she said... She told you that her husband had recently passed away, right? Right, and he Did was he like a—he was a music leader at their church that they had gone to before, and you know they were involved in church, been been a Christian all her life. So I wonder if they were experiencing that before or if it was after his death. I don't know. I just know that there are a lot of Christians that have no clue. They don't understand about spiritual, spiritual warfare. They don't. Realm. They don't understand that the spiritual realm is is more real than the actual realm. You know, the, the natural before. realm that we live in. Right. And so it, there's just that. I don't know. You kind of live in this Christian bubble. Yeah. And yeah. You, you just know what you know from what they tell you at church, and right. You don't read the word yourself, and yes. you're not in it, and you're not aware of Can stuff. You avoid stuff like that because it's creepy. You start thinking right. about it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to think about it. Well, if you don't think about it, you're still going to get attacked. What are you going right. to do about it when it hits you? Yeah. You know. You gotta know. A, a door point too is grief. So he, that's you know, true. he right. knows we're vulnerable when we're grieving a loved yes, one. That's a good point. So that's he can come in point. and attack. That's really good, Susan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't true. even think about that. It's true. 
Because, you know, there's just a lot of Christians today who do not know what the Word of God says and the authority of Christ that they walk in. Right, but once they do... Yeah, then you can become equipped. The devil's got to watch it. Right? Absolutely. That's what God wants us to be, is strong Christians. Yes. Muscular Christians who know how to handle and know how to fight. (laughs) I got that. Yeah, the picture not, in my head, muscles. That's right. <laughs> not go poke your head in the sand like an ostrich. Right. And hide from it. Yeah. It's not going to do anybody no, any good. It's no, it's still there. Yeah. You want a strong Christian with big guns. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Texas. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> that's our saying here. <laughs> if any of these things are being experienced on an ongoing basis, we can ask the Lord to reveal any spiritual darkness that may be in our homes. We need to remember that Jesus gives us authority over these beings. He's far greater than any force that might come against us. There's no need to fear. Becoming aware of the demonic and how it may be affecting us is the first step to protecting our homes from spiritual darkness. Right. Take a look at what we own. For example, are there any objects that don't bring glory to God or objects that represent demonic strongholds in our lives? Right. Mm-hmm. We can protect our children from spiritual darkness. In Proverbs 14.26, it says, He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. Yeah. I'd like to talk about 10 steps to protecting your home, or rented homes, or apartments, as well as hotel or motel rooms, mm-hmm. from spiritual darkness. We have the legal right to do this, as we've yes, said. Yes, we right. do. Yep. So the first one is, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. A lot of us have already taken this step, but if you haven't, it's important to secure a personal relationship with God by accepting His invitation of salvation. Right. It's through Jesus' name that we have the authority to expel demonic forces, and we cannot avail ourselves of using His name unless we have a relationship with Him. Right. It's important to know that it's by His blood that we walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Right. And the next step is take a spiritual inventory of your life. Ask the Lord to reveal any sin issues in your life, for example, unforgiveness toward others. Yeah, that's a good one. And another step is dedicate your home to the Lord. Simply pray and invite the presence of the Lord into your home. Ask the Lord to use your home for His purposes. Declare that as for you and your house, you will serve the Lord. Just what you're doing, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right. This podcast. Yep. And declare that your home will not be a haven for dark forces. Rather, it'll be a beacon of light for your family and to the world. It's best to pray these things in an audible voice, which affirms your thoughts not only to God and to yourself, but also to any forces of darkness that are about to lose their dwelling place. Yeah, it, it needs to be spoken into the atmosphere. Yes. yes. Because that's what, Jesus, yeah, that's what God did when he created the, the world. Right. He spoke everything into being. Yes. So it's, it's a, a verbal, into the atmosphere voice. Not, our words, not quiet to yourself, our but out loud. Our words have yeah. power. Right. We're right. Yes. And I, yes. you know, yes, my teens have thought I'm crazy <laughs> shouting <laughs> across too. the That's room. Okay. But hey, the price you pay for saying it out yeah. loud, you know, right. It's, and and it's you're worth paying, it. You're yeah. paying the price for peace in your home. Yes. Exactly. Somebody's got to. You got right. To. Yeah. The next step is prepare for battle. Ask the Lord for the strategy of your war. For example, maybe He leads you to play worship music throughout your home for a period of time. You can read specific scriptures in each room, plead the blood of Jesus over yourself, your family, your animals, and your property. Pray Psalm 91 out loud. In Jesus' name, bind any demonic forces from manifestations in your home during this process. 
And another step is take a spiritual inventory of your home. Ask the Lord to give you discernment when looking through your home at things you own. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It could have been like a second, you know, you bought something at a secondhand shop and you don't even know. Oh, there's just so many things that are are articles on clothing. And, you know, even you just think about something like the peace sign, right? Okay, so you could do your own research on the peace sign. Yeah, rabbit's foot. Dream catchers. Right. Yep. These are all things that that are more occult. Yes. And so even the peace sign, everybody's like, oh, isn't that cool? You know, yeah, peace. I I want peace. But you don't understand the origin of that sign. Right. Right. That's a broken cross. That's a satanic symbol. Yes. I mean, I've always, I like t-shirts too that I'm like, oh, that's, oh, it's got the peace sign. Great. Yeah. I wanted that shirt. (laughs) Right. You know, it's stuff like that where you just go, "Mm, nope. Nope. I, I don't want that. I don't want it in my home. I don't it's want that in my body. Yourself. It, it, it really is. Because I know I had one of those on my wall as a teenager. Sure. Like, I just I didn't sure. know. Or, you know, you remember when Dreamcatchers came out and how popular they oh, were? I had one. Yeah. Everybody had one. Or you'd have them hanging from your rear room mirror and yeah. things like that in your car. You know, you just need to understand everything has an origin. Where did it come Symbolism. from? Yes. Right. All right. And be wise. Yeah. Look it up. Right. Just right. look it up. So the the next step is cleanse your home of unclean objects. Any family heirlooms that don't glorify God can be burned, and then you need to renounce having any participation with it and ask the Lord to forgive you. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Any family heirlooms that don't glorify God can be burned. That's that's drastic, <laughs> you know, when you think yeah. about it. But you have to destroy some of those things sometimes. Yes. The best way to do it is to burn them. It's bonfire time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if the Lord's given you the, the go that this is not of him and it's causing some, some issues in your house, then you get rid of it and throwing it in the trash can sometimes. It's just going to go, you know, you well, never know where it's going to go from. Right, because people go through the trash yeah. and they pick up items, you know, or you don't even want to have it. a garage sale and sell it because then you're, you're passing you're it on passing to somebody it, else. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's yeah. why they say just burn it just and get rid of it. it. Just get rid of yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. And you can cleanse each room, cleanse the land by cleansing the spiritual atmosphere of each room. Go through each room in your house and repent for any known sin that has been committed. And for anyone who lived there before you. Right. That's important. Right. If someone occupied your home beforehand, ask the Lord to show you what needs to be prayed for in each room. Yeah, because you don't know what they did before you. No. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what they they lived. Pray that the Lord would heal any trauma from the torment of demonic forces in your home. Also, ask the Lord to restore you and your family whatever blessings were stolen by the enemy through demonic forces in your home. Right. And you can consecrate your home and your property by going through each room, speak specific blessings in each room. For example, in the living room, you may want to bless the time your family spends together and ask the Lord to strengthen those relationships. That's good. In each bedroom, bless the plans and purposes that God has for each family member who occupies that room. In the bedroom of a married couple, bless the sexual relationship and the union between the husband and the wife. Mm -hmm. That's important, too. Yeah. Bless the work that goes on in an office, dinner, prayer room, and declare all work done will be done as unto the Lord. And think of why each room was designed, and then bless that purpose. You can even bless the cleansing that goes on in the bathroom and ask the Lord to... Every room, right? (laughs) Right. Every room. Ask the Lord to use it as a reminder of the cleansing He has brought into your own life. Yeah. Many people who consecrate their home room by room use oil to anoint the doors, handles, windows, and furnishings. Oil is used as a symbol of Jesus' blood, a reminder of both the cleansing and protecting power in his blood. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. 
Yes. Oil is also, you know, symbolic of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit saying yeah. the Holy Spirit dwells in this room and I invite him in. Yep. Yes. And you can fill your home with glory, with objects and activities that bring glory to God. Jack Hayford lists six practices that promote healthy, happy, holy homes. One, you can take communion with your family at home, sing at home, both alone and together, pray at home, pray as a family, especially at the table, mm-hmm. yeah. and testify about the good things God has done for you at home, and speak the word in your house. Keep your house bright. Refuse whatever influences moodiness, sharp speech, unworthy music, movies, TV shows, activities, or videos that would extinguish the brightness of God's glory light in your home. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. And maintain your spiritual victory. Keep on your toes. The enemy loves to find new and creative ways to gain access into your home with spiritual darkness. Yeah. It's good to go through your home periodically and check for any new objects that should be not be in your home and pray through any new sin issues. Right. Mm-hmm. So these are just the basics mentioned in the book, Protecting Your Home from Spiritual, spiritual Darkness by Chuck Pierce. It has many other important details that are very helpful in cleansing your home. And here is a prayer you can say for cleansing your home, apartment, or hotel room, wherever you're staying. Right. After removing and destroying all objects of false worship, pray this prayer aloud in every room if necessary. And this is, like I said, by Neil T. Anderson, the steps to freedom in Christ. Yeah, it's good. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that you are the Lord of heaven and earth. In your sovereign power and love, you have given me all things to enjoy. Thank you for this place to live. I claim my home as a a place of spiritual safety for me and my family and ask for your protection from all the attacks of the enemy. As a child of God raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places, I command every evil spirit claiming ground in this place based on the activities of past or present occupants, including me, to leave and never return. I renounce all curses and spells directed against this place. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to post your holy warring angels around this place to guard it from any and all attempts of the enemy to enter and disturb your purposes for me and my family. I thank you, Lord, for doing this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, and if anybody wants a copy of that prayer, again, you can order that book, Neil T. Anderson, The Steps to Freedom in Christ, or email us. Yeah. We'll we'll just, you know, send it to you so you can pray that over your home. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we've lived in our home for about a decade now, and it wasn't until I became aware of what spiritual warfare really was and the importance of taking dominion over our home that I began to anoint each room with oil, each bed and pillows, door handles, and pray over each room, garage, back, and front yard. Yep. And renting a home is interesting because when something breaks or needs repairing, maintenance people are needed to fix the problem. Right. And so thank God we have these people who come to our aid. However, we never know what's going on in their lives and what spirits they can bring into our home as well. Mm -hmm. So they probably aren't even aware of these spirits themselves. Or they could be. Right? (laughs) Right? And they just don't care. Right. And so Bruce D. Allen wrote a book, Gazing into Glory. This part of the book had a lasting effect on me. He wrote about, uh, well, the section of the book was called Sanctified Sleep. But he mentioned that everywhere he and his wife traveled, they would create an atmosphere with their heart attitudes and with their mouths as they applied the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Genesis 28, 10-17 says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it, under, put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. 
Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. Its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Wow. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and east, to the north and south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will never... I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Mm. And he was afraid and he said, How awesome is this place. Yes. There is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. That's amazing. So Bruce and his wife learned this based on this scripture I just read and above an experience. Yeah. As they traveled from country to country and state to state and city to city, they stayed in motels, hotels, and sometimes in homes. My husband and I, with his career in polo, have done this for decades. I can think of so many places we've stayed, sometimes even basement apartments or guest quarters. Yeah. And my husband and I stayed in a rental home a couple of years ago. The man owned it. Could not have been kinder. However, there was occultist objects and literature in the house. Out of convenience, it was very close to the polo club, and there weren't many rentals available in that particular area. It was decorated with animal skulls on the walls, some American Indian art, I think a dream catcher, and many books on spiritism and spiritual topics. At this time, I had no idea these objects carried spiritual meaning. Right. I was reading Neil T. Anderson's books that summer, Bondage Breaker and Victory from Darkness. And God blessed me with prayers in that book that I could pray over the home and renounce any participation in those objects by being there. That's good. Yeah. So Bruce and his wife had the most bizarre dreams, mostly while staying in the motels, hotels, and homes. And the Lord reminded Bruce that he has the authority through the blood of Jesus to create an atmosphere wherever he is. Mm-hmm. He started learning that he needed to apply the blood of Jesus wherever they went, release the atmosphere of heaven, and yeah. clean out what was brought into that place. I love that. Right? Yeah. It's so important. You just feel so much more at peace. Right. And as we all know, there are things that go on in hotels and motels that are not conducive to wholesomeness. That's true. <laughs> right. So he found as they would do this in the room and places they stayed, they did not have the problem with wrestling in the night with thoughts and dreams as before. Mm-hmm. And I just want to talk about this experience of a trip he took to Fiji. Yeah. It just had an impact on me as well. Yeah. He brought along with him a young man on this particular journey to Fiji where they would, were to stay in a missionary's home. Bruce had been to the, this home many times before and had a good relationship with this missionary. He stayed in the guest room, and the young man stayed on the couch in the living room due to limited space. During the daytime, the young man would fold and place his bedding, including his pillow, on the foot of Bruce's bed. Bruce had already applied the blood over his room and bedding, especially his pillow because that's where his head rests. And one night, Bruce was out ministering, and the young man that came with him was tired that night, so he stayed home. So he went into the room Bruce was staying in and took Bruce's pillow by mistake and went to sleep on the couch. By the time Bruce came home after ministering, it was rather late and the young man was already asleep on the couch. Bruce was tired and just wanted to head to bed himself. So he went into his room and found that the young man had swapped pillows. 
Bruce knew the pillow wasn't his because the young man wore hair gel and the pillow was all greasy. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. (laughs) And because Bruce was tired, he forgot about the lesson he had learned over the years. And in some frustration, he placed a new pillowcase on the pillow and laid down to sleep. All night long, he was battling with perverse dreams. He didn't get any rest that night at all. And in the morning, bleary-eyed and exhausted, he came into the living room looking for his morning coffee. The young man was already up bright-eyed and cheery, and he bragged about his awesome dreams that he had of <laughs> angels in heaven. <laughs> Bruce said, give me my pillow Oh, back. my gosh, I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. Like, Bruce, he forgot the night before, but, you know, he woke up the next morning all grumpy, and he was like, give me my pillow back. Give me my pillow back. That's right. I want those dreams. <laughs> Definitely making the point that this is reality. <laughs> yes, it is. And in defense of the young man, he had only been saved just over a year. And as with all of us, he was working out his salvation that he had just entered into. Mm -hmm. So I still haven't forgotten that story since reading it because it made me hyper aware of the amount of times I'd had not taken authority over my atmosphere traveling and spent endless nights lying awake and many times awake with fear or insomnia in general. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I do the same thing when we travel, you know, going into any place that's not home, especially if I have a weird feeling about the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had dreams, you know. Nightmares. Well, you know, I've (laughs) I've stayed at military bases because my son's in the military. And so I've had experiences there. So I'm like, all right, all right, let's not do that again. (laughs) Let's take authority when we first walk in. Yes. I've learned. I just want to, you know, touch on the subject of objects that are being brought into our homes, you know, because we've talked about being in other places, you know, right. but you can control what comes into your home. That's right. right? Yes. So, you know, two movies came to my mind when I was thinking about this subject of cleansing our domain. And one was the movie. Does anybody remember the movie The Mask yes. with Jim uh, Carrey? Yes. So that story was that, you know, the, the whole synopsis of it is, you know, he finds this mysterious ancient mask. And he brings it home to his house. And when he puts the mask on, he instantly transforms into this manic superhero, you know. And when he takes it off, he goes back to being himself. Right. Right. So then the other movie that came to my mind was the 2002 Spider-Man movie. And the villain in that movie is the Green Goblin, played by uh, William Defoe. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And he remember he has this mask of a goblin displayed in his home. But the mask starts speaking to him, you know, and convinces him to take revenge on everyone, you know, who's hurt him, bring destruction onto the city, you know. The movie shows his dual personality and how evil takes dominance in his life because of the hurt and the rejection that took place in the story. So I'm not saying that these are, you know, movies are bad, you know, to watch or anything, but I'm just using them as fictitious illustrations to give an example of the real influential way that foreign objects brought into our homes can really have an effect on our lives. Right. I've seen both these movies, you know, many times, and they're both really entertaining to watch. I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not downing them in any way. Yeah. <laughs> Just an example. Right. But you know, both movies, although, like I said, are fictitious, but they got their storyline from somewhere, right? right? Right. You know, we can look back at stories we've read in the Bible and find warnings to the Israelites about not taking objects that were, you know, used in idol worship or idols themselves overlaid with gold and silver into their homes. These objects were unholy, and although they had worldly value, they were commanded to burn and destroy, like we talked about burning Burning, things, burn and destroy it because they are cursed, and they would bring a curse on the people that took them, too. Right. You know, just like the verse we opened with today from Deuteronomy 7, 25 through 26, 
It was God's instructions to his people not to have anything to do with these idols. Right. He says, you must burn the graven images of their gods with fire. Yep. You must not desire the silver or the gold that's on them, nor take any of it, lest you be snared by them. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Yeah. And you shall not bring an abomination into your house, lest you become cursed like it. But you must absolutely detest it and abhor it for its accursed thing. Right. So, and just like God commanded the Israelites when they entered into the promised land, they were to wipe out all the defiled people of that area because they were evil. And if they kept some of the people alive, you know, they would eventually bring destruction on the people and cause them to worship the demon gods as well. You know, they're going to bring in their culture, yeah. right? And, you know, in the New Testament, as Paul was preaching in Ephesus, the gospel was spreading in a powerful way. Many people came to a place of repentance from their evil ways, and they turned in all their you know, incantation books of sorcery. They burned them in a public bonfire. It states in Acts 19, 18 through 20, that the estimated value of these books that they burned were several million dollars. Oh my God. I mean, wow. that was a lot of money back yeah. then. Yes. But the money didn't matter to them at that point. What mattered to them was that fearing God and knowing how holy he was and that God was to be feared and honored in their lives. That's a good point. Yeah. Like I've shared before, my youngest son went through about five years of rebellion from everything we'd raised him to believe and understand about God. He was searching out who he was and what he believed. It was his own search of coming into his own relationship with God and discovering what he truly believed about God. I'm not going to lie. These were really difficult days in our lives, and it took a toll on us, but it was a fight worth fighting. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, during this discovery time for my son, he began looking into other religions and what others believed. Nothing wrong with that, as long as you have a really strong foundation of truth under your belt. You know, he was raised with that biblical foundation, you know, but during those years, he pushed aside God's truth and all we taught him and to search for his own truth. Right. New age ideas and pagan thinking have really become dominant in our society today, where anything goes and doing what you feel is right becomes your guide in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the mentality is similar to the 60s of sex, drugs, and alcohol or rock and roll. Sex, you drugs, know. And rock and roll, yeah. You know, but that, that use becomes the norm yeah you know mm -hmm. and the things of god are a turnoff right and if you only talk about the things of god then you're considered close-minded right my son questioned everything that we ever taught him wow and during these years of his exploration of different ideas he would occasionally bring home objects that were used by other religions he brought in a huge and hung up a huge dream catcher on his wall you know in his bedroom because like me you know he receives many dreams of course, he told me that this was a good object. You know, it's it's to catch all the bad dreams he was having, Mom. You know, I'm like, yeah, you no, know. that's not going to work. <laughs> Which, of course, you know, many of his bad dreams were from the things he was subjecting himself to. Right. You know, he brought home crystals and burning sage and hung tapestries on his wall. And there have been other, other many objects, you know, that he brought home. Those are just the ones that I could remember. You know, he graduated and from high school and he was working a job. And he was living at home at this time, and his room was his space. You know, it was basically like his little apartment. Yeah. I could have demanded that he remove those things from our house, but there was a balance, you know, that we needed to maintain with his personality and the way he was and what was allowed and what was unacceptable in our house. You know, I knew there, the spiritual effect these objects could have on individuals and in our home, but allowing him to keep them 
it was just part of our letting him work through this relationship, right, right. you know, with the Lord in his own way. Sometimes you just got to let him do that. Well, I think also if if you're questioning things, even though you've had a belt of truth under you from right, your right. parents, if you are questioning things on your spiritual journey, you end up finding the truth for yourself. Right, right. right. You're not believing someone else's truth. You, right. So it's, it's God takes you down a path sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He because was coming in to see it for yourself. Exactly. He knows. He created you. So he knows exactly what it's going to take mm-hmm. right. for you to get that truth into you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. He needed He's to come good. into his own relationship with the Lord, he not what he'd been taught. Yeah. You right. know, or as he used to put it, as you shoved down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you placed that foundation there. Yeah. So he knew when he, when he was going through all that, he knew where to go back to. Right. Right. He knew what to go back to, which is the truth of God. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of his That's testimony. Exactly. Today, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we honestly really had to pick our battles with him and worked through, you know, all this stuff in his life. And believe me, I'm telling you, these were the toughest one of the some of the toughest days of our lives. Yeah, I can you know, imagine. and I, I, I prayed about our situation. The Holy Spirit inspired me to just, you know, take anointing oil that I had and I cleansed his room as a part of that you know, cleansing our domain. Right. Mm-hmm. I went up to his room and I anointed and prayed over each one of the objects in his room and declared that they were null and void of any power or authority that may have been applied to them. Right. I anointed his pillow and his bed and I prayed that God would give him dreams regarding his destiny to show him, you know, the path that he had for him, like encourage him through yeah. the dreams that he was having. Get him on the right path, Lord. That's what I'd pray. I anointed his window and his doorway, declaring that no evil spirits could enter his room and that this house is the territory of the Lord God Almighty, and this is holy ground, and it has no permission to be here in my home. Right. And I talk with authority. I get mad. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes. This is my house. Totally my house. (laughs) Get out here. So eventually, you know, my son, he crossed many lines in our home, you know, our rules, and we had to tell him to find another place to live that the lifestyle that he was insisting on living. And that was really hard. Yeah. And we continued to pray scripture over his life and pray for the Holy Spirit to intercede in ways that, you know, we couldn't do anymore for him. Right. You know, we're just stewards for a short period of time. That's right. But he's always been in the Lord's hands. Right. And I had to just kind of release him to the Lord's hands. That's what you got to do. Yep. And as I mentioned, you know, in the episode of Praying the Prodigal's Home, he did eventually come home, like I said, you know, after having a personal encounter with Jesus. And he repented to God, you know, to us for believing the lies of the enemy and disrespecting us and all that we had raised him to believe. It was truly a miraculous work of God that returned him to us and to the Lord. You know, knowing God's word and his truth is crucial to understanding that our battle is not against flesh and blood people, but it's against demonic, wicked spirits of the unseen world that only want to to kill and steal and destroy God's beloved people. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, your home is your domain, like we've said. It's your dwelling place. And wherever we've lived, we have always dedicated our home to God and continuously invited His Holy Presence to envelop our home and reside with us. And you know, when we built our very first home, our boys were young, and we named our home Samuel, which is, it just means gift from God. I love that. You know, because we truly felt like it was God's gift to us. We never even thought we could have the money to build our own home, but God showed us He had us covered. (laughs) 
So we were involved with youth ministry a lot. You know, 24 years we, we were involved with youth ministry. Wow. And at the time, while living in that home, we knew we wanted to dedicate our home to be used for God's work. And that's exactly what happened. You know, we hosted many, just looking back, I thought we hosted youth events in our home. Mm-hmm. We hosted youth-led Bible studies in our home. Like the kids were doing the Bible study, we just hosted it. Right. And then, you know, we, we hosted Disciple Now Weekends, which is like a whole weekend of a bunch of kids sleeping over at your house all weekend, and they, they yes. do disciple, you know, programs and we, we Bible studies too. and yeah. teaching and all kinds of stuff. We hosted parties. We led a college in-home Bible study for three years, and there were many, you know, I can't even tell you how many times I had one-on-one counseling sessions with students that showed up at my house at 11 o'clock at night in the pouring rain needing to talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, wow, and that that's where I did a lot of counseling on my my couch in my front living room. Wow, you know, during the last few years in that home, we also led an adult an adult home, you know, Bible study, and God did, I mean, just wonderful ministry in our home, and it was a total blessing. He still is. That yes, home he is that home had an anointing on it. Yeah, you know, and after sixteen years in that home, we knew it was time to move, and we decided to build another home. And when the foundation was poured and the drywall was hung, my family went over to the house and we brought our Bibles and our Sharpie markers and we looked up scriptures that the Holy Spirit put on our hearts and we wrote them on the walls and the floor of our home, in the bedrooms where we slept. You know, we'd write scriptures like Psalm 4, 8 that says, in peace I will lie down and and sleep for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. You know, so we put that on the walls of all the bedrooms. In the very center of our home on the foundation slab, we wrote scripture like Ephesians two nineteen through 22, which says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord, through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And on the fireplace, I went over and I wrote the last part of Matthew 3.11 where it says, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. I mean, I know it's funny, but it was appropriate. <laughs> it was. The fireplace, that's, right? That's cool. <laughs> and by the front door, we wrote Joshua 24.15 right on the doorpost. It says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. It was scriptures like this that we inscribed all over our home so that our new home was anointed with the Word of God, and it was once again dedicated to the Lord's work. And when we first moved into our home, we hosted a young adult Bible study for about, you know, three years, but we really felt like God was calling us to a different direction, you know, than what we had been doing in the past. Right. You know, for a while there, we didn't know what we were supposed to be doing, and now presently our home is being hosted, you know, for this podcast. Yep. So that the things that God has taught us and poured into us over the years can be broadcast to a much larger and broader audience. Right. You know, I welled up with tears just thinking back through all the work that the Lord had done in our homes. But that is what happens when you dedicate your life and your home to be mightily used by God and declare it to be holy ground. That's so good. You know, Lord's home, it is such a blessing when you walk in. You know the Holy Spirit dwells within her home as soon as you walk in this house. Yes. You can feel it. And there have been some times that we can even see it. Mm-hmm. You know, she will have a glow about her, and we've even seen it on her husband, Don. Mm. Wouldn't you agree? Susan? Yeah, I can definitely relate to this. And, yeah. and you know, one day, 
I knocked on the front door and <laughs> the two of them opened the door. I was like, whoa, they had huge smiles and they were just glowing. Yeah. <laughs> they were glowing. And it was like, wow, I want to come in here. Let me in. <laughs> I want to open the door. I remember Hello. that, you know, and it was just like, what? You know, like to me, I'm like, it's just me. Yeah. But she saw it. Yeah. It was and very welcoming. That's awesome. That's the Holy you know, Spirit. That's, that's just such a blessing. I just feel like that when we walk in here, the Holy Spirit's excited that we're even here, that with the three of us, because of what God's doing through us, mm-hmm. he's like, come on in, let's go get yeah. this done. You know, let's go pour it yeah. out to others. Well, you, you just feel loved. Out. Yeah. That's, that's a very that's nice awesome. feeling. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what you're doing. So. That's what we all want, right? Right. Yeah. Just want to be blessed. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, you know, just like Laura, I did the same thing when we were building our our home years ago. We took anointing oil and we anointed every two by four before the walls were up. Wow. We anointed the floor, the stairs, the doorways. We wrote scripture and we spoke scripture. We wrote it and then we spoke it Mm -hmm. over the home as well. That's good. You know, we were very involved with the youth at the church when we were attending where we were living back then. And I can't tell you how many people we had come over to our house. And many of them would tell me how blessed they felt when they walked into our home. And I would just smile and thank them. You know, I knew it was because me and my family had prayed and anointed every single room and doorway. Mm, That's good. But even if you're not building a home, you know, you could still take anointing oil and anoint your home. You can pray a hedge of protection around it and speak scripture over it. God will protect your home. All you need to do is ask him. Right. Right. Yes. And I'm going to switch gears here. You know, I want to tell my testimony of how I got saved 24 years ago. And this is an example of not being aware of demonic spirits and how we let them have power over our homes. So I've talked about this briefly before, but I'm going to go into a little bit more detail here. So my parents used to take me to church when I was a child. We attended a Baptist church. The only thing was that we didn't attend regularly. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I didn't start attending regularly until I was in my early 20s. And it was also a Baptist church because that's Mm -hmm. all I'd ever known. Right. And it was the very beginning of me learning about the Lord yeah, but when attending that Baptist church, it felt like something was missing. I, I couldn't figure out. I couldn't put my finger on it. But we stayed in that church for about seven years, and we eventually just stopped going. At this point, I knew who God and Jesus were, but I didn't hardly know anything about the Holy Spirit. I definitely didn't did not understand that there were demonic spirits that were trying to hurt me and my family. But I've always felt the presence of evil. I just knew when something evil was near me. Mm-hmm. So fast forward a few years. This started when I was going on, or this started when I was around 29 years old and last on and off for about two years. I would be asleep in the middle of the night and I would suddenly wake up in total fear. I mean, I was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't horrible. move. Yeah, I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. It was difficult for me to speak. I would try to move to wake up my husband, but I couldn't. I would try to yell his name, but I couldn't. I could barely see because it was dark, and I just remember being terrified, and it made me panic every single time. Oh, yeah, I I would totally panic. Felt like I couldn't breathe, you know, just like, (gasps) you know, just get that whole fear. That's happened to me in the past when I would lay down, take a nap in the middle of the day, before I understood about fighting. Right, (laughs) what you're you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, the the only thing I knew to do was to say the name of Jesus. I could barely croak his name out in a whisper, mm-hmm. but the evil presence left every time I spoke his name. Yeah. That's how it started. But like I said, this went on for two years, and it, it progressively got worse and worse. And I'd fall asleep, suddenly wake up, again, paralyzed, but then I would feel something or someone holding me down. So it, it got worse. Mm. Eventually, I felt something breathing on me. I could feel hot breath on, Gosh. on me. Ugh. 
And then it progressed to hearing a demonic voice speaking to me, taunting me or laughing at me. And there were times that I remember that it was multiple demons. It's like they were just sitting. I almost felt like, because I'm a seer, so even back then I, I could see myself on this table, this concrete table, and I just felt like they were all around me laughing and mocking me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was held down, I couldn't move. Hmm. It, was, wow. it was awful. Sometimes, like I said, it was more than one demon. And then I started seeing dark shapes surrounding my bed. So I almost started seeing them standing around me. There were some times that I was so scared that I thought I was going to vomit. I would I work myself up so oh yeah anxiety, you know. Right. And I worried that I would die from choking on my own vomit because I couldn't move. Wow. The scariest part of this whole experience for me was towards the end of my experience. And that was when I would try to speak and it wasn't my voice that croaked out. It was definitely a demonic voice. I knew I was battling for my life when I tried to speak the name of Jesus. Mm. I would try to say no, or I would try to call out my husband's name again, and it terrified me when it wasn't my voice coming out of my mouth. It was awful. God, yeah, was that's that's horrible. Uh, and I, I just remember thinking that, I don't know if they were, he was trying to get into me. I don't know why I was being held down. There's so many questions that I had I did not know the answers to. And at that time, I had no idea what was going on or why it was happening to me. Why? Why? I kept mm-hmm. Why, Lord? And every time, the only way I could get them to, to leave was saying the name of Jesus. It got to the point that when I did say his name, the demons would get so mad. Like they would yell and screech in my ear. Mm-hmm. It wasn't scream. It was just a screech. Right. Ugh. They tried to intimidate me, but I didn't stop. I knew the more that I said his name, the more they were going to go. Right. right. And they even tried to cover my mouth. I remember feeling pressure over my mouth. Like, shut up. Tell me right. to stop. Wow. But I didn't stop. And I, I was so scared. And after it happened, I would shake my husband awake and ask him if he heard the voices. He never did. He right. slept soundly mm-hmm. every time. And he thought I was crazy. There's a few times he's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can tell that you're really experiencing these things, but you sure you're okay? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. You know, the last time it happened, I remember one of the demons telling me that he would never leave me alone. No matter how many times I said the name of Jesus, he would always come back. So I might as well just give up. Exactly what he wants you to do. Right. That was it. That was it for me. I'd had enough. There was no way. Huge lie. Yeah. There's no way I was going to live the rest of my life with some stupid demon trying to scare me to death. Right. That's what it felt Mm -hmm. like. He was trying to scare me to death. Well, that's what they want. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So the only person at that point that I had told was my husband, because I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy. Right. Again, I didn't know a lot about it. So, But the next day, I called my mom, because like I said, I had enough, and I told her about it. And she told my stepdad, who was a praying Christian, and he got on his hands and knees to pray for me. He called me a couple of hours later and said he was coming to my house the next day with anointing oil and a message for me because God had given him a message. Mm. So he shut up the next morning, that anointing oil in his hand, and it was a Saturday. He anointed my entire house along with my pillows, our blankets, on our bed, our children's room, you know, their beds, all of that. He prayed over our home and then told me that God said it's time for me to get back into church. So he knew. They knew I was had gone to Baptist church and I just wasn't getting what I needed to get. I wasn't getting fed. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was so terrified at that point. I was willing to do anything to make these demons stop coming to me in the middle of the night. So my mom found a little non-denominational church close to where we lived. I'd never heard of it before. And we went. We all went to church the next morning on Sunday. My parents came with us, of course. And I will never forget that day as long as I live. I accepted Christ that morning. 
and the preacher asked for everyone to come down who had raised his or her hand in response to that invitation. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the last row with my family. I didn't want to go. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I don't don't, want to do that. So I hesitantly walked down the aisle. And I remember there were three or four other people when I walked to the stage, and, and he talked to each one of us individually. And when he came to me, I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. But when that preacher looked me in the eye and said the things he said to me, I was shocked. There was no way he could have known why I was there that day, but he did. I had never met the man before, and neither had anyone in my family. And there was a woman standing next to him, and she laid her hands on me and told me to never forget what I was going to feel or experience that day. And to this day, I still have not forgotten it. What I felt that day is hard to put into words. The best way for me to describe it is a peace that I had never felt before, as well as freedom. It was amazing. Mm. I knew that God Almighty had spoken to that preacher and told him what I was dealing with because he said these words to me. He said, those demons that have been coming to you for the past couple of years, tormenting, taunting, and intimidating you will never come again. I was shocked. I then felt something come up and out of my body, and I experienced freedom for the first time in my entire life. And I put my faith in the Lord that day, and I never looked back. And to this day, those demons have never come to me again. You know how many people have experienced what you've, I've, you've I've, experienced yeah. and and had no clue what to do. Right. That's and I, right. I just pray that there's many people that have experienced this that are listening right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and they'll know what, what they to need do. to do. They need to speak the name of Jesus and then... Well, give their life to Jesus first. Because it's right. Jesus that saves them. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And you just end up thinking you're crazy. because you, I did. You, oh, right. You, the devil makes you think those thoughts are you. Right. right. I was in my you. early 30s. So it's not like I was a young child or even in my... Right. I was in my early 30s. I was 31 mm-hmm. years old. October right. the 24th. 1999, that's my day that I accepted the Lord. So I, I was terrified. Right. And, and I've heard people, I've told my testimony before, and there's there's doubters that I've had, so I'm just going to tell this real quick. But they would tell me, oh, yeah, well, I've heard of sleep paralyzation. That's a whole thing. You know, that's a whole thing. You could look that up. And that's not what I was, I, I was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. But there was demons tormenting and taunting me. Yeah. Right. I heard their voices. I heard their voices coming mm-hmm. out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, right. as, as my experience wasn't that. It right. was way different. Yeah. I knew that this was evil. Like I said, mm-hmm. I know what evil feels like. I've, right. I've felt it my whole life. I mm-hmm. knew. And if, right. you're, if you're having that happen to you and you feel fear, that is of the devil. Fear right. is, it is the devil. Right. Yes. That's how he comes at you, mm-hmm. is through mm-hmm. fear. Again, we need to understand that the spiritual realm is so real. It is very yes, real. it is. And it's even more real than our natural realm that we live in. Right. And the more we understand that, the better we are equipped. Yes. And the better we can fight. Yes. And the more peace we live in because we know the authority that we walk in and that the enemy has to obey right. what we say in the name of Jesus. That's right. Yes. Mm. And I- your whole life will change. Mine did. Mm-hmm. I walked away from it that Exactly. Day, and everything changed in my house. Yeah. Everything. What we spoke, how we spoke, what we, our conversations. Yeah. Everything changed for me. Praise God. Because I turned yes. away from that. Right. I didn't know. I didn't that know. Was, that's a life of torture and torment. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that I had, my house had never been cleansed before. As a matter of fact, that's the first time I had ever knew that I needed to cleanse my house. Right. I unknowingly invited them into my home because I didn't understand how the enemy operated. Now I do. Right. You know, I overcame that fear. And there are times that the Lord will wake me up in the middle of the night to let me know there's an evil spirit roaming my house. And I get mad. Yep. 
Like yeah. now that I know that, you know, he, they won't come to torment me, but like if they're there in my house to torment my husband or my children or even my dogs, mm-hmm. you know, I will, the Lord, Holy Spirit, wake up, wake up, wake up. I get up and I just get that, that hair on the back of my neck yeah. raised type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm immediately very awake. And the Lord said, go get it. Like, right. Go get her, girl. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like sick them. And I will. I will walk around my house, and I don't know who you are, what you're. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will reveal to me what it is. Right. Other times, I don't care what it is. You're not welcome in here. Exactly. Get out. Mm-hmm. You are not going to torment. This is my house. Right. And the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus, they dwell here in this house. Right. Get out. It's holy ground, it's and you're not ground. allowed. Right. You're not yep. causing chaos in my home. It's like I woke up. In the middle of the night one night, and I heard someone screaming. That's how I woke yes, up, was someone screaming that, yeah. in my ear. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I sit up, and my husband's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I just hear things in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes right back to sleep. Yeah. He's so used to me now. He'll wake up with me talking in my sleep. In the name of Jesus, I command you to get out. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, my gosh, my wife. <laughs> You're over there warring, and I'm warring in the middle of my sleep. Right, you know? but too, he didn't have a clue. Uh, yeah, but it's just now it's become so norm. And me too. You know, I'm just like, oh yeah, just here in the spirit. Oh my god. All right, you have no permission to be in my house. Get out in the name of Jesus. Yeah. All right, I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. I go right back to sleep in a peaceful sleep. Oh, so yeah. amazing. Because you know, I know, I know who I am. Right. right. And I know who my God is. Right. And that He's totally got this. Yes. Right. And yep. you know, speaking of the husband-wife thing, you know, there'll be times they also say, it says in the Bible, you know, if you don't sleep in the same bed, mm-hmm. the enemy can attack your marriage. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? So, so there are times that. that like, yeah. um, my husband that. will have to get up really, really early. And if I do wake up in the middle of the night, I'll, I don't want to get up that early. I have a right. long day. So I'll sleep on, you know, a, a guest bed and... It does. It, o- it opens the door for attack. I don't mm. think something that short, but I'm talking yeah. long term, you know. Right. If you have separate bedrooms as a husband right. and wife. Right. It's just something. about, it's the word that comes from mind is division. He wants to divide marriage. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants to divide us because yeah. we're, we're in unity. That's a, that's a covenant. That right. When you become God. married, you're right. one. And he wants right. to break and destroy everything that, that God has touched. Right. And I understand yeah. sometimes it's really hard to sleep with your, your husband, you know, or your wife or whatever because they move around a lot or they, you know, snore. Yeah. Talking their sleep. <laughs> like me. <laughs> I'm over there wrestling but, in the bed. <laughs> you know, you just pray for them. Pray that the Lord will give them, you know, while they sleep, that they don't hear as much. Yeah. You know, that the Lord will just kind of, you know, muffle their ears or something so they don't wake up all Not the time. Disturbed, right? right, right. You know, or they yeah. snore or something and it disturbs your sleep. But just pray for the Lord to bring peace into your your right. your bed, into your bedroom, your home. Your marriage. Again, it's it's anoint that. That, right. Anoint that room. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and again, if you do get woken up in the middle of the night, you know, get up, cast that thing out, and take care of it. Yeah, don't just go back to sleep because you're going to be tormented. No, right. Or if not you, somebody, somebody else, else right? right? Or he'll wait till the next day. Right. You know. Right. It could be something one of us said or did. It could be from a guest that we invited to our home. No matter how it got there, it won't last long in my home. Right. Not anymore. Right. You know, if you want peace, love, and joy in your home, then cleanse it. Cleanse it out of there. Kick the enemy out. You have the authority, so use it. And ask the Holy Spirit to give you discernment when any evil spirit enters your home. Because the enemy is sneaky. You know, he's always looking for a way in. If you start fighting with your spouse or your children, if you feel the peace of God has left your home, 
get up, go open that front door and command that spirit to get out of your house in the name of Jesus and pray for the peace that surpasses all understanding to replace that evil spirit. Invite God to stay in your home. Ask him to send his angels to stand guard around your home, and he will absolutely send an army if it's needed. That's right. You know, yes. That's how good our God is. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on cleansing your domain. Please join us next week. We'll be right here. And we just want to close with this scripture from Ephesians six twelve. For we are not wrestling and fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. All right, that's good. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. We so appreciate all that you do for us, Caitlin. And we want to reference a few books that we mentioned. The first one is The Steps to Freedom in Christ by Neil T. Anderson. The second one is Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness by Chuck Pierce. And the last one is Gazing into Glory by Bruce D. Allen. All of those are really good books. Yes, they are. Before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. Also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. We just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3 at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffin.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you and give you his peace. All right, until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.